So we have been focusing this year on, um, since the summit, we've been speaking about the Holy Spirit. So that's been probably about two months. And then before that, from before family camp, we are talking about praise. And so now in, in the second half of the year, we're going to have a, a little um, just change in subject. But it's never, it's never a change because, um, you know, those subjects like praise and the Holy Spirit are, there we go, uh, um, you know, there's something that we have to build into our every life. That's not just something we think about for three weeks and then move on to, you know, something else. So, um, so just bear with me as we talk today. We're going to do um, a bit of a gear change, and, um, but we'll always be referring back to some of the things we've learned this year. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about um, the score taking care of itself, okay? So we always have... Um, actually, I go back to a word that David's been telling us, um, my brother, David Alley, and he, um, he got a word that in the third year, um, peace would grow. Is that right, David? Or that we'd see growth? And what you do, when you're talking about oh, any organisation but churches, um, when we think of growth, we, we then get into our heads certain things, and then we start to plan about what that will look like. And um, if you've been involved in any sort of organisation, they start uh, rolling out this sort of stuff, right? Uh, I've done this a lot of times. So, you know, you get your mission and your vision. You've probably all done this sort of stuff. It, it's good fun. And, um, and then your strategy and your goals. In fact, most times you put your goals in first and then you work them backwards. If I'm going to see this in five years, what do I need to see in four, three, two, one, and start tweaking it backwards and your strategies actually come afterwards. Um, so, and then with churches, you know, so, I mean, we were talking about this last year, you know, what would we like to see at peace? If we're going to grow, what would we like to see? And we see, well, we need people in prayer. Um, that's a good thing to have. And so how do we measure, you know, we need goals. So how do we measure that? Um, you know, it'd be good if maybe we can get 50% of the adults in prayer, you know, because goals have to be measurable and they have to be, you know, just proper outcomes. And, you know, most churches measure things like, attendance and um, oh, baptisms would be a one people measure um, and so and I've just been thinking about that you know that those goals and objectives are on for you know what are we actually focused on because you know we often talk about numbers or number of bible studies or you would have heard churches talk about these things right focusing on goals and of course if you're a footy team you focus on uh, you focus on one thing and that's that big day in September, right? Or if you're the NRL, October. And, um, and that's where all your attention goes. You know, that, that's a big moment. You know, in front of 100,000 people, that's, it's like the pinnacle of your life, right? That's the goal. So every football team, whoever plays, that's their goal. That's what they want. That's, that's all they're there for. Now, the, why I'm going to talk about that today is um, there's a problem with focusing on goals, okay? And the problem is um, focusing on that final income. The, the problem with that final outcome is it's completely uncontrollable. There's, you know, you could be a dry weather team and a storm comes across halfway through your grand final and you're done. A year's worth of preparation down the drain. In terms of the ashes, you know, we're going great. We're about to win the thing and they swap the ball in the 39th over 
and we lost three wickets in four overs. New ball. Completely uncontrollable outcome. You're done. Right? So that's the problem with focusing on goals, that they're, they're uncontrollable. And so, but when coaches and leaders, and, or even someone like me, focuses on the end goal, there's, you know, there's things that you know, are out of our hands. And, and so what coaches tend to do, say in a footy illustration, you know, they'll come up with a new defence tactic, or, or trick plays are great, right? I mean, trick plays have to be the worst thing in the world. Like, something you have to throw in in the last 10 seconds of a game to win is, is not great planning, right? So, but they'll come up with defence tactics, trick plays, uh, different sort of tactics for a team to win, focusing on this end goal. But what happens in a footy team when the pressure starts to ramp up? What happens when you get a bit of scoreboard pressure? Like... I played a grand final once, went 40 nil, 49 nil down at quarter time. Like, that's not a great result. Like, what happens then? What happens when, um, well, what, I can tell you what happens is you start reverting to your old habits. Okay, so this is when people are in unknown situations or stress or trauma, you start reverting to what you know. You go back to the old habits. So, for instance, in a footy team, this will come relevant at some point. So, <laughs> for when you all become AFL coaches, yeah. Um, so, what happens is, and you've seen this all, and I've done it myself. I played a lot of football, and I'm guilty of every single one of these things. Uh, you start fighting the opponents, you start yelling at the referees. I have, oh, no, I've never got a red card. I've got yellows. Um, you argue with each other. Have you ever seen teammates do that? When things start going wrong, they start arguing with each other. They stop controlling the controllables and, and they can lose regardless of talent. So no matter how good you are, when pressure comes or stress comes, then you revert to old habits. And so if a team is not disciplined, that's when they start arguing with each other, arguing with the ref, you know, blowing up. And so the good teachers, the good coaches teach that the score takes care of itself. So, and that doesn't happen in Panthers AFL reserve grade down here at the Rocky Cricket Ground. There's no great coaching down there about the score taking care of itself. Half-time of where behind is just generally a lot of yelling and swearing. Anyway, we'll pretend that those coaches don't know what they're doing, and we're talking about professional coaches here. So if you look at a team like, you know, like the Roosters or someone, they might be having a bad season, but they'll, they'll talk about what's, what can we control? What's our attitudes? What's our behaviour? So in the second half of the year, when we want to talk about, you know, peace impacting our city and, and becoming... Um, are people who, you know, reach other people, you know, we're not as worried about as much as, you know, how many people come here. It's not that you're not worried about it, but if you focus on the end goal, you won't... Sometimes you'll get it, like, one year out of 30, but you need, you need to focus on something different. You need to, you need to let the score take care of itself. And, um, you know... Think of this example from the, when um, they were picking out 
The um, Lord said to Samuel when he was picking out David, do not consider his appearance, oh, picking out Saul and David, or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we all have goals. Our church has goals. You know, we have financial goals. You know, in our families, we have family goals. But, you know, some, some of those outcomes are out of our control. And so instead we need to swap our focus back to our values rather than our goals. So to me, like not that anyone's ever said, to me this is a, actually a great defining thing of the apostolic um, revelation movement, however apostolic. It's instead of, um, instead of seeing, you know, how big your church is or how many people in your network or any of these things, you go back to focusing on values. You know, regard people over performance. You know, do you want right or do you want relationship? All those sort of things. Starting to get back to your core values and, and doing because the values are controllable. So you may not always get the outcome you want and, and we know in life that we don't always get the outcome we want. You know, we have dreams and desires and we have promises, but sometimes you don't always get those outcomes that you want. So... This is, when you focus on goals like a football team just looking like, especially a, not a great football team, you're, it's like relying on luck rather than work. You know, you're just relying to get close enough on everything lines up on that last day. And we need to become a people at peace here who, who focus on values and let this, as unchristians are saying, let the score look after itself. We, we need to go back and work out who we are and, you know, really knuckle down on building values into our lives. So early in the year, this is, a, this is an example. This is, you know, through this year, praise is one of our values. So praise isn't an outcome. It's not like we're trying to be in church 20 years so we get better praise. You know, it's, praise is something that's, are in our being as a value. And so we've been speaking this early in the year and we, we have had testimonies about people whose lives change because they choose to focus on a value rather than an outcome. And so praise is a value of peace. And this verse in 2 Chronicles 20.15 says, it's actually written to us because um, Judah means praise and Jerusalem means peace. So this verse says to us today, listen, you, all you people of praise and peace. That would be us, right? Listen, all you guys. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. This is a great verse that talks about, in this particular one, the outcome was not looking fantastic. But instead, the scripture said, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the battle is the Lord's, you people of praise and peace. So we've been speaking about the Holy Spirit, and before we talk about the future of peace, like we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for about eight weeks, and 
the word from Pam was that we need to seek it slowly. Like events are great. And, you know, I'm praying for youth camp next week that that will be an event in the life of our young people. So we're not discounting events. But what we're praying is that no one will get left behind. That just like tides coming in and all the boats rise, that's what we're praying for, for peace in seeking the Holy Spirit. So in regards to that, I just wanted to encourage our people, we're not looking at an event. And, you know, if 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 you've been seeking something, like say you've been seeking like the pouring out of tongues, or more prophecy, or some of those things, and and it hasn't come yet. I just want to tell you to keep seeking, and you need to focus on, um, like I just felt that, like it's good to seek those things, but to me, there's other things you should be seeking. It's like seeking the the values, and the out the the score will keep care of itself, right? If if, if you do other things, the Holy Spirit will move through your life. So Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 5 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled. Matthew 7 says, For which of those who ask for bread will be given a stone. If, if then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And Jesus there was talking about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm, I want to encourage the people of peace to continue to seek for more of the Holy Spirit. We're seeking for more power. As you know, I'm seeking for power to be a good parent. Like, I have nothing within me that can cause... Like, I have some logic and some good ideas but to raise kids I, I need I need power I need the power of the Holy Spirit right th- through me so I can raise my kids properly and, and each of you are seeking for more of the Holy Spirit you're sp- seeking special gifts I want to encourage you today to keep on hungering and thirsting for righteousness like we have a seeking service tonight we have morning prayers I let the score take care of itself and I, I want you to come into these meetings and seek righteousness and seek more of Christ and let those things, let the moving of the Holy Spirit, let the gifts he wants to pour into your lives, they will take care of themselves. Acts 5 says, God gives the Holy Spirit to all those who obey. So my, dad, my father spoke last week about you know, not quenching or not grieving the Holy Spirit. So, you know, if we can, like we need to live with Christ helping us, but if we can control the controllables, you know, if, we, if by faith we exercise faith by coming to the seeking meeting tonight, looking for more of him, and if by faith we take small actions to show God that we, we obey him, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit is poured out to all those who obey we need to stir up the gift. So when, when there's a little bit of power or you feel like God's, you need to actually activate it. Like 
there's no point asking for a big gift if you're not willing to use the little bit that God has given you so far. And, um, and we watch the story in church here of, of Kim Collingsworth, who, who as a child, who was three or four, prayed for God to be able to give her the gift of playing the piano. And straight away she was able to go and copy by ear. She could hear what her sister played and, and play it back. And the interesting thing about that story, if you and she's a great pianist now, but the interesting thing about that story was she said before she went to school in grade one, she was practising like, well, not before school, but in grade one she would practise about six hours a day. So there's one thing about being given a gift or power from the Holy Spirit, but if you're not willing to control the controllable, which is to stir up the gift. So Kim Collingsworth was given a gift to be able to play the piano as a young child at three or four. Then she invested serious time, like six hours a day as a kid, into stirring up the gift, into developing the gift that God had given her and now like she ministers that like that's her full-time job their ministry band you know they sing Christian songs so if we're talking about letting the score take care of itself and focusing on the things in regards to the Holy Spirit we need to seek first his kingdom and let all these things be added we need to ask you know God, you know, ask, knock on the door, be opened. And then when something is given to you, like a key or a word, then you need to stir it up. Because if, if you don't, then it just won't go anywhere. It'll be dormant. So if you believe God has given you something, you need to actively... So I'm not talking about um, not forced, but exercised. Right, like doing weights to get stronger, exercise, and um, and I and I told the story last time I preached about sometimes when I play AFL, you don't feel like playing. You're there sitting on the wing, and you just don't feel like getting involved. Like you haven't had the bit, you haven't drunk enough water, whatever it is, or it's a hot day, whatever it is, you just don't feel like it, and you actually have to physically. I tell myself, I'm just going to run full speed into the next pack. And somehow you know it's going to hurt, but it's you have to actually engage to get into the game. Like you have to, it's believe it or not, even these like the real good footballers, it's actually a choice to do that. It it doesn't come naturally there. It's a choice. So stirring up the gift God has given you is act, it's a choice you need to press into. And like Noah building that ark, you know, God gave him a word. He was bringing the animals, but there was a hundred years of stirring up the gift in between. A hundred years of soaring timber. To, you know, the, the whole thing was the work of the Holy Spirit. But between the calling and, you know, the miracle <laughs> of God bringing all those animals and the flood, the miracle of the 40 days and 40 nights, there was a hundred years of hard work. So, remember, in you know, we probably won't speak about the Holy Spirit week to week to week to week, but every week we'll be reminding people, press into prayer meetings, press into the seeking service, because let the score take care of itself and you need to do the things you can control. 
You need to not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's something you can control by how you speak and, and what things you allow into your life. That, that's a controllable. And, and some things you can't control, and we have faith and grace, but you've got to at least control the controllables. So in this flow, instead of focusing on a goal and objectives, you know, I would say at PC we need to focus on values. And we have values such as listening prayer and praise. And I'm, going about to talk to about, I'm about to talk about another one right now, which we'll talk about for the next few weeks. Um, so rather than focus on attendance and baptisms or YouTube subscribers or how many people comment or who's watching your live stream, you know, we need to focus then on listening prayer and praise. And we have a list of others which... Um, we're going to start talking about it in the second half of this year. And we're going to believe that as we take time to control the controllables, to actually sow into the things, you know, and develop our values, to, you know, stir up the gifts, stir up those values, that we will let God take care of the score. Like, let the score take care of itself. Let God take care of the outcomes. So one of our values um, I've called, I mean, it's been on our probably Facebook page or somewhere forever. It's called Open, right? That's the name. Uh, Wendy has chipped me about my values before. Yeah, you have, Wendy. It was a long time ago. I'll tell you what you said. Um, the words aren't all in the same tense, you know? Yeah, yeah, you remember? And so I've just got to come up with some new words so that when they, um, they, they all, like because I have listen and open, they're not in the same... I mean, if I showed him to Dad, he'd probably say the same thing too. That's why I never sort of showed him. <laughs> because when you show him something, you've got to change it. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, the value is open. I was a stranger and you invited me in. The value comes from, this is the parable of the sheep and goats. And um, I won't say you all know the story because you may not know all the story. That's why we're starting Sunday school. So this is a parable from Jesus where he's talking to his disciples, telling a story about the judgment day. And he has people in front of them who he separates between sheeps and goats. Sheeps, sheep, sheep and goats. <laughs> Sheeps. And, yeah, <laughs> sheep and goats. And, um, and the goats were judged and the sheep were not judged and it was all to do with how they treated people in their lives. Not how they treated Jesus Christ, how they treated people. You know, if they came across someone who needed to be fed or clothed or who was sick in prison, and depending on their response to that situation was the response from Christ. You know, and he, he said, and as much as you do for them, you've done it unto me. So the attitude of Christ in this parable was how you treated someone you came across who was hungry was how you treated Christ. And so open being a value of peace means by serving others, we serve Christ and we let the, we let the score take care of itself. So therefore, if that's a value, instead of putting that at the start of our mission vision statement and then focusing on how do we get numbers up in our prayer meetings, you know, 
which we try as well. We come up here and say, listen, Zoom prayer meetings every morning. Please come. They're good for you. And we'll continue to do that. But we need to teach values and then, uh, you know, somehow between leadership, we need to somehow implant them because when times get stressful, when pressure comes, just like I was talking about that footy situation, there was a point in it, when pressure comes, if you don't focus on these, you'll start arguing with your teammates, you'll start arguing at the ref. I mean, the number of people I've seen have a go at God, this isn't fair, like, why is my mum sick? Arguing with the ref and arguing with each other, like within families, it's because your values are screwy, right? So you need to stay, we need to take a step back from goals and start focusing. The value should be the goal, not, not the outcome, right? It's not that we don't have values, but we, we just need to bring the values into focus rather than the outcome into focus. And by serving others, we serve Christ. And this is what we're going to talk about for a couple of weeks. I don't know how long, but we have other values. So don't worry, we won't run out of subjects. And if we do, I just get my dad back up. He never runs out of subjects. So we're going to talk about values because we are believing to grow and mainly we're believing to impact our city. Like someone said to me, or maybe I read it in a book, you know, if your church closed down, would your suburb care? Like if we decide to close the doors here and move to another city, all of us, say we all implant, we go, go up to... Up north, we say we're all going up north to Semi's church. We close the doors here. Uh, would, let alone care would anyone know, right? And so I'm thinking, okay, we, we need to start doing things so at least people in our own neighbourhood even know. So that's why we started a Sunday school. And, and as soon as we get a few weeks in, we're going to try and drag every kid in this suburb in here. So, like, that'll be what we want so we can have an impact in our suburb and that's why we do things like going to Mount Archer State School just up the road and spend time with the kids you know that's why we do those things so people would know because we do do things in the local community but we need to do more we need to be open so hospitality is one form a little form of being open and that's what we're going to talk about for a few weeks now there's two words in the New Testament that they Translate hospitality. There could be more. The Bible's big. But these are the two we're talking about. I'm not even going to say it. That's why I put them up on the screen. Okay, so you can, you can read those two words. So the first word means lover of strangers, right? So that I'm guessing that Phil means um, there's love connected in that word and the second word of that is stranger. And that's why in the second Greek word, xeno whatever it is it's stranger and embrace okay so but that second the second half of that second word the dosio um, means to receive accept give ear to or this is the killer this one to receive into one's family to bring up or educate so when these terms are being used in the new testament xenodosia means to bring a stranger into your home to feed, to bring up or educate. So then hospitality by definition extends to taking the hand, embracing 
into one's family, bringing someone into your family who has no share in or knowledge of, of your own family's identity, life and values. So someone who doesn't share your values, doesn't share your family life or your identity, you're choosing to bring them in and then raise them, accept them, give, give ear to, listen to them, um, to love them, educate them. So that's hospitality and it's right through the New Testament. Hospitality is not entertainment. Entertainment or entertaining is putting on airs and graces to make good impressions. Okay? Hospitality by definition is not even inviting other people in the church round. That is not hospitality. That's fellowship. That's very important and we'll and also part of being open. Okay? So open as a value includes more than one thing, but hospitality is not that. Hospitality is strangers. Bringing in strangers, accepting them, listening to them, bringing them up, and educating them. And then the score will take care of itself if you can build this value into your life. So this is the question we have to ask each other as members of peace. Right? Is it big enough? Yeah. Could I accept into my home someone who does not share or know my identity, life, and values? Would I let someone into my home who doesn't share my values? Could I accept them? And I think the, the easiest question to ask here is, would Christ accept someone into his home who did not share his identity, life, and values? Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So, hospitality. This is what we're going to become as people of peace. We're going to accept into our homes people who don't share our values, don't share our life, don't share our identity, but we're going to give them grace. And we're going to let the score take care of itself. We're going to focus on the value and we're going to, we're going to teach and encourage. I can't make any of you people do this. It's impossible. I can't change anyone. But just like in a good footy team, when players start taking values onto themselves, guess what? It's not very long before the coach doesn't even have to talk. Suddenly the players are calling, like they're, they're, caught, they're talking to each other. They're saying, mate, right then you took the wrong step. Like what happened, it's, it's really exciting when values start living in a community because rather than a, you know, a coach or a leader you know, top down telling what you should do, that people start actually living them and then culture changes. So this is what Peter has to say. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And like I find this a very reassuring verse. And I'm not saying I'm a great um, you know, person at showing love to other people. But what it shows that is in a community of people, if you're prepared to love, it covers sin. And, you know, we need that. So, you know, we're trying to build relationships in, at peace. We're trying to become a people of one heart and one mind. We're seeking grace for that. 
But, you know, we've got to do what we can do too, and we need to love. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So coming back to wanting more of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit has been poured out for us in gifts of various forms. We need to be faithful stewards of that as well. Offer hospitality, offer love, and be good stewards of the gifts God has given us. And then we can let the out... We can... It's actually a wrong title of the sermon. It's not let the score take care of itself. It's let God take control of the outcomes. Because we, we don't have control of them anyway. We, we actually don't know what's in the future and we can't control it. But we, we can control some things. And we can pray and we can seek and we can ask God for grace. So that is my encouragement for today. So come tonight at 6pm because we are seeking more of the Holy Spirit. As a people... We are moving together to seek more of God's power. So I want to see you here tonight at six and then start seeking these values. And that's one of a couple being open and that's a little portion of it, hospitality. There's, you know, when you think of the scripture, right from the start when God created a people to share his life, you know, hospitality, being open. And then Abraham received the strangers and then the promise came. And then right through scripture, there's hospitality and being open, right through from Genesis, right through to Revelation when Christ says, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we need to live lives that are open. So that is me done. So um, we will sing a song and I will pray that, you know, the grace, this, this can sit upon us. Heavenly Father, Most of all, we are thankful that you took those who are strangers, those who are aliens, and brought them into the life, your life, the life of God. And, and, you know, you've given us the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are so thankful that you are open and hospitable to us, and it's the least we can do to to offer that to other people. So, Lord, I ask for grace for this, for help, for anointing to be upon the people of peace and our visitors to be people who are open and hospitable. Lord, may that rest on us today. And help us, you know, help us to focus on the values you've given us and let you control um, the outcomes. We thank you. Amen.